You're listening to The Comics Pals. Uh, we are here in Philadelphia. Woo! Uh, we're here for Wizard World Philly. You're going to be seeing a ton of content coming out uh, from us for that event. Um, but tonight is the release of Deadpool. We're recording this on Thursday night. Uh, we came into Philly early, and we got to see the movie, uh, and uh, we're really excited to talk about it. Now, before we do that, uh, I do want to let you guys know really quickly where you can get us. Uh, we are at the Comics Pals all over social media. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, where we're a five-star rated podcast. You can contribute to that if you like what we do. Uh, <laughs> um, you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. And last but not least, we're on YouTube, where if you are watching this on YouTube, be sure to leave us a like, uh, subscribe to our channel, uh, make sure to share the video with your friends, and uh, yeah, all that good stuff. It helps us out a lot. And if you're an audio listener, go jump over to YouTube and get a view of us all together in our sick Airbnb. What's yeah. up? Mark was in his pajamas. He looks very cozy. You know you want a piece of that. Uh, moving right along because that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Deadpool uh, two, Deadpool two, not Deadpool one. Uh, so Deadpool also is actually what it's called, I think. Is that real? No. Oh. He's, <laughs> he's making funny irreverent jokes like the funny Deadpool movie. Yeah. Well, just like the Deadpool movie, a lot of those are lost on me. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into it uh, with our spoiler-free section. Uh, so, Pete, why don't you take it away and give me your spoiler-free thoughts? In oh. three words or less. No. <laughs> um, uh, so I actually ended up like That's this. You used all your words. How about you use no words for the rest of the show? That's a good recommendation. All right. Okay. No, I don't actually want that. Shut up. Just shut up for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I uh, I ended up enjoying this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I, I you know I uh, I went into this with pretty low, not low expectations necessarily, but just low hype levels. You know, like I like Deadpool one just fine. Um, I like Deadpool as a character just fine, but I'm not. I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, and I didn't walk out of Deadpool 1 feeling like I needed or wanted more. Right. You know? Um, so to walk out of this movie uh, and f- feel like it was like a, um, like even like a solid B, you know, it's like a lot more than I expected. Um, so yeah, I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it tried a little too hard, just like the first Deadpool did. I think it tried to force uh, a lot of sentimentality into the movie that I just don't know. Um, I just don't feel like it's earned in a lot of cases. Uh, and it just kind of feels very like, well, this is a movie, so this has to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when it's just like being what it is, I think it uh, it has a lot of fun. And it managed to surprise me uh, a fair amount from what we had already seen, uh, which is, I think, a testament to how effective Deadpool's marketing has been. And um, yeah, yeah. And overall, it was it was solid. I, I had a good time with it. Awesome. Uh, Phil, what do you, what do you think about the movie? Feels weird. Alright, cool. Uh, Marco, what do you think <laughs> So, um, I was excited for the movie, but I think I came out of it a little bit less hot than I went into it. And it was, it, it, it definitely kind of injected a lot more than it actually had into it. And I think it didn't, it, it didn't fly for me. I didn't necessarily think that it worked to the larger story. It 
it did try too hard to do a lot of things that in the first movie played up even more um, in this one. And so, yeah, I, uh, I expected more and what I got, I enjoyed. Okay, Phil, for real. Feels weird trying to talk in length about this movie because it's um, not particularly substantial. It's just a bunch of irreverent shit kind of thrown together. Um, that said, kind of what Pete alluded to is uh, very accurate in the sense that whenever it tried to um, have some sort of dramatic moment that was supposed to resonate with audiences in a significant or meaningful way, I was like, why is this in this movie? <laughs> like, why the fuck is this here? No one's watching this movie to be like, I mean, I hope Deadpool gets a happy ending. <laughs> and uh, I had its moments. Uh, when you throw a million jokes against the wall, like, not all of them are going to land. That was certainly true of this movie. The other thing I could say, I suppose, is sometimes they dwell on bits for too long. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember there was, I think, two instances for me where I felt like that was, like, particularly glaring. Where it was, like, really, like, okay, like, let's move on. I think if you like referential humor, uh, like, memes and stuff like that, you'll really dig the shit out of this movie. Speak up a little bit, bud. But I saw a tweet going into this movie that was, like, Deadpool is minions for adults. And that's been stuck in my head for, like, three hours. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And then Marco, this is, a, this is a little bit of a non-secular, but Marco's like, I think minions are minions for adults. He made some really disappointing revelations about his personal life. <laughs> so that's my opinion on Deadpool. Wow. Uh, how graceful of you the way you delivered that. <laughs> So, uh, I feel similar to, similarly to Pete in that I don't really care about Deadpool too much. Um, the first one was solid. I, I liked it for how true to Deadpool it was in the sense that they didn't hold anything back from what he's like in the comics for the most part. And that, that was definitely true here. I think this movie got a lot of things right. Uh, it did a solid job by Cable. Uh, I like Domino quite a bit. Oh, Domino's cool. Yeah, Domino was very cool. Um, I think that this was the most subversive superhero movie I've ever seen. And that was really cool about it because it wasn't forced. It was just kind of what it was. Uh, and then, of course, when it comes to the humor, which is what we're all here for, for a Deadpool movie... I think I think that was was hit or miss in a lot of ways. I think when it landed stuff, it really really landed it, and it came off as some of the best comedy we've seen in a superhero movie yet. But when it missed, it was kind of just weird. And uh, when you've got an audience full of people who don't laugh at something they're clearly supposed to laugh at, it just creates an awkward moment. Um, but overall, I had fun with the movie. Uh, will I be thinking about it in a week or two? No. Uh, and especially considering what, how this summer has started, or how this year has started for superhero movies. When you're talking about Black Panther and you're talking about Infinity War, this is kind of like uh, a kind of downswing. We finished watching this movie an hour and a half ago, and I'm already thinking about other things. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, before we move into the spoiler section, uh, there is a tradition that we must um, keep. Right. So, you'll have to excuse me as I pull up Rotten Tomatoes because we're going to figure out if our ideas about how 
general audiences and reviewers felt about the movie is aligned with uh, what they really thought. So, uh, as we always do, we're going to go across, we're going to go around the room and see how you guys feel. Now, just as a preface, only the critics' ratings are in. Uh, the actual audience feelings are not in yet. Makes sense. We're literally recording this uh, Thursday night. Yeah. So, uh, let's start with Marco. Uh, Crix, I'm gonna say seven. Seven? <laughs> what? Seven percent? Oh, sorry, like seven. Uh, eight? No, like seven out of ten. No, man. It's Rotten Tomatoes. It's Rotten Tomatoes. It's Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Seventy? Okay. Uh, and how bad do you think audiences want to see this? So that's how it works. It's, it's, it's how much they want to see it. Yeah. Everybody's been pretty high for that, so I want to say like 90. Two. Cool. Go. Cool. Uh, I'm going to say critics gave it a 83%. And then I'm going to say the anticipation score is uh, 95%, not too far off from Marco. Yeah, we always do this, and we always forget that we do this, so I don't even think to cheat. Because <laughs> I forget we do this. Pete? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the over, and I'm gonna say 85 for critic score, and what'd you say for audience feel? 90 what? 96. Then <laughs> you want know shoot for the moon, Pete. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. You just float endlessly. All right, I like that one. <laughs> no, you don't. No, Marco's right. You just float. <laughs> 70 percent. Okay, so uh, the real answer. Is uh, critic score of eighty four percent. Oh damn it! Fuck. Wait, what did you say? Eighty three. Hey. He wins. I went over. And, well, here we go. Okay. Audience interest level ninety nine percent. What? So I take that one. <laughs> yep. Okay. okay. So you guys split the middle. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Cool. All right, Mark, you get the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh. All right. Uh, we are moving along swimmingly. Uh, giving Marco lots of editing work to do. It's like one uh, the morning. We're going to jump into the spoiler section. So if you haven't had the chance to see the movie yet and you care about spoilers, you're going to want to jump out now and come back when the movie has, when you've seen the movie, so you can hear our thoughts. Uh, so let's just jump right into it and talk about how this movie stacks up to the first one. Uh, does it sort of live up to the hype that came from the first one? And do you think that it serves its characters well? Okay, so there's a couple questions there. I think, does it live up to the hype of the first one? No. And I don't really think it could. Um, just because I don't feel like Deadpool's a character that doesn't really benefit from growth. So, like, a sequel was only, in my mind, only ever going to be more of the same. And, like, uh, it's the law of diminishing returns, right? Um, as far as, like, does it... Uh, treat its characters well? I think yes. Um, the ones it doesn't murder within five seconds of meeting them anyway. Um, because I think the characters that we already knew, um, I mean like Colossus and and, uh, and Teenage whatever, Bottle Rocket, um, are... Negasonic Teenage Warhead. There you go, thank you. Uh, neither of them were particularly well utilized, but like, I like Domino a lot and Cable was cool, so like, those two characters were served well, and um, you know I think 
you could say the same of of Deadpool in terms of like I think the creative team here like definitely gets Deadpool, and I feel like the movies are very representative of like his character, you know, and like what what people like about Deadpool. Um, so yeah, I, I think as far as that stuff's concerned, um, it did it did what it needed to do. It's funny that he mentions uh, killing characters off within five seconds because in the movie theater, Pete was laughing very loudly at character like this random people dying. <laughs> yeah, I laughed at a lot of dismemberment. I literally turned and looked at him. I was like, Jesus, dude! What there the was fuck? a lot of dismemberment in this movie. It was pretty brutal. Uh, Marcos, did this did this live up to the hype from the first one for you? No, it uh, it did it, and that was just the way that I was already coming into it. Um, and yeah, like to your point, like he doesn't benefit from growth. He can't grow because then he's not that character, and that would be underserving the main character of this movie. Uh, as everything else, like I don't think um, I don't really know Cable nor do Domino, so like I'm assuming they were treated pretty well. Uh, they seem to be good characters to bounce off for Deadpool. Um, as well as the rest of the cast, and they they sort of came into it on their own as characters, which is really exciting, um, and kept me engrossed at least. For the second one. What was did the humor land well for you? Oh, um, it was hit or miss. Some of them were like were, were like tired from something they had done previously. A lot of the meta stuff, the like breaking the fourth wall. They finally we've seen it, so they they didn't build upon it necessarily or do anything different with it. It was just sort of recycled. Um, they did some cool things uh, where they sort of switched things up. Uh, they added a lot more gore, I think, and played up the more like that violence humor. Yeah, like the hyper violence. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was it, the jokes were okay. Like it wasn't anything. I I laughed, but it wasn't everything. You know, it's funny because now I think the Deadpool shtick, when it comes to humor, I think like. The Marvel movies are probably funnier than this. Um, like Avengers: Infinity War is pretty funny, um, or at least more like more consistent. Yeah, yeah, I think you could say that. They definitely don't have the, the kind of time for long running gags like Deadpool does, but I don't necessarily know that that's even better. Um, yeah, they're like more. They're just. Uh, I guess it's the they're more. They're, I don't know. They're more tonal. <laughs> the the I've seen movies that focus on comedy, uh, whereas this is just like like I said, it's throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Um, with regard to the question to the characters of this film, um, you you asked how it compares to the hype of the first movie. That was the first question you asked, and the thing I was thinking about was I don't remember the plot of the first film at all. <laughs> I remember the characters. They were all uh, like. They were all visually memorable uh, from the first movie, like Colossus, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead Turtle, um, uh, Deadpool, obviously. But outside of that, I, 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 I couldn't really remember much out of the first movie. I liked the way they utilized some characters. Uh, there was there was there was a scene where he assembles kind of a makeshift X Force, which is a Seen from like a mid '90s X Force comic, I think. Where uh, are we in spoilers? I forget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, where they all die immediately on their first mission. 
But I like, that was kind of a play off of the trope of like, why do I care about any of these characters? Like, I think of a movie like Star Wars Rogue One where they kind of assemble this makeshift team, and it's like, I don't remember any of the characters' names from that movie. Uh, so why do I care about any of those characters? Uh, but I will make a note that of all these secondary characters, uh, there was a character in this film named Peter, who was definitely the uh, hero this film deserved, but perhaps not the one it needed. Uh, with regards to the humor, uh, I didn't laugh. <laughs> I laughed a bit. Um, but uh, I found the humor in like, Avengers Infinity War a little more endearing, I guess. Uh, I'm kind of tired of the kind of irreverent Medicine, as Marco put it. Uh, but, you know, I knew that going in. I, I try to divorce my, um, my disinterest in like the Deadpool humor with the film. Uh, but as a film, I think this is probably a more incomplete film than the first one. That was my feeling going out. But like I said, I barely remember the first one. So, You know, like I, I feel like... Um... This movie reminds me a lot of like uh, Ice Age Two. Yes. No, I was gonna say it actually reminds me a lot of like Ghostbusters Two, where like I feel like the first one works better because it is just kind of a proof of concept. Like it's about like oh here's what Deadpool's about, and this movie was more like all right you know what Deadpool's about what do we have him do, and it's not super compelling, you know like it's really just a means to an end. That's um, a, a low-hanging fruit jokes, you know? Like, it doesn't really... Uh, there's plenty of comedies out there where you watch it, and it's memorable, the jokes are clever, well-crafted. You, the, the, the humor stays with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like this, where it's all low-hanging fruit, kind of like blood and uh, dick, dick jokes, where it's just like, I mean, like, yeah, I've heard this show all my life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I think... Uh... There's nothing revolutionary about it, right? Like, I, I don't... And I think, like, one of the things that stuck out to me is I don't think that there's any moment in this movie that's as memorable as um, some of the really high points of Deadpool, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I feel like um, that that scene in the first one where it's, like, the fight on the bridge, you know? He's, like, sitting on the billboard, and then DMX plays. And that's the scene I remember best from that movie. That is, like... Like, that scene alone is enough. Like, that's like, you know, that's like the thesis statement for the movie. And I feel like there's not anything in this that really feels like that. Um, it's just like a lot of good action sequences, uh, some of which are like pretty funny and, you know, like set up to just have an opportunity to have these characters bounce off each other and like make jokes, you know? And then like the frame of it being like so wrapped in sentimentality and like family and love. And I'm just like, ah, like it felt like the first one where it's like, I don't really like feel like I need Deadpool to like find true love, you know? There's a, uh, there's a thing I often say when I talk about, I don't, maybe I was talking to Kale or Marco about it, but there's a, Something I've, I've said for a long time about the nature of comedy, where this sucks. I'm talking about like comedy in a meta way, where I had to reflect on comedy. That's why I said it was weird to talk about Deadpool in an in-depth way, because we had to dissect the comedy of the film, which is always death. Anyway, with a good comedy in film, you only have an hour and a half to two hours of really getting into the comedy of something. That's why there's so many kind of 
not necessarily romantic comedies, but comedies that have romance as a secondary plot in the film. Think of like most Adam Sandler movies after like maybe the first two or three don't work because you're trying to fit plot in something that's supposed to be funny. With television, I think it's different because with television, you have multiple seasons to develop characters that you like them, and they're like comedy and character development can happen simultaneously. But with comedy and movies, I, some of the best comedy films of all time is from a historical standpoint. Movies like The Jerk with Steve Allen or, uh, or Steve Martin, rather, or uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, or uh, a lot of Marx Brothers movies, which focus for, in a way that Deadpool 2 does, you throw all the comedy at the wall like spaghetti, see what lands. With, where plot is secondary. But the problem with Deadpool 2 is it tries to do all the jokes at the same time while trying to have, as what Pete described, a uh, romantic subplot, a sentimentality, F, the F word for family. And it feels super insincere because X-Force is a more aggressive version of the X-Men. And they're not, it's not really, when I think of X-Force, I don't think of a family dynamic like I would with the X-Men. I also feel like it, uh... It puts all of the, like, sentimental shit at the very beginning and very end of the movie. So it's like... Sandwiched. They sandwich all of the actual content in between stuff that's just not really totally appropriate. So I I definitely agree with some of the stuff that you guys said. I think that the movie, it, it goes for the sentimentality, which actually landed with me. Um, it doesn't feel out of place. Yeah, but I think that Deadpool is a character who you can do a ton of different things with, and I think they showcased that really well across these two movies. That he is he is malleable, um, and he can always get back to one. He can always you can always rubber band him in any way that you want to do it. Yeah. Um, is it hard to believe that Deadpool wants to have children? Yes, it is hard to believe that. That's like the the whole basis for everything is that he wants to have a kid and he sees this Russell character as this surrogate son uh, for him and you know that's fine it's you know that's cool if that's what they felt like doing I think the bigger problem for me is, is less that and more that because the plot is so thin it doesn't really give the characters a lot of opportunities to show themselves uh, so for example Domino the only thing I got out of this movie is lucky is that she's not, that's the only lesson I learned regarding Domino. And for her, for Domino herself, she didn't really get anything out of this either. Uh, the, whole, the whole idea was that she goes to this, you know, um, concentration camp or whatever, where she allegedly grew up at, and she takes this opportunity to kill uh, the people who, you know, are running this place, and that's completely fine, but I don't know her pain, so I don't really care that she gets this opportunity. Yeah, we're not shown it. We're we're just told the same thing with uh, like with Cable's character. Like we're sure we're shown the corpses, but when we're introduced, it's just like this dude. There's a burnt teddy bear, and there's bodies. Since I don't know the character, I didn't understand that, and I just sort of thought, okay, we're in the future, I guess, and something's going on. What happens? I feel like for Cable to really work for you in this movie, you have to have some familiarity with him as a character. Because um, I like I didn't get that impression. Like I remember feeling like okay, like I feel like Cable is set up well. He has stakes. Like there's skin in the game for him. I get it. Whereas like with Domino, when they were when she was like, oh by the way, I figured out my purpose. It was that I was I grew up here. I was just like, oh, like it was just like it felt very much just like 
plot. You know, it's like this character needs to have an arc for some reason. It's like, what? <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you remember that part where, where Deadpool, like, breaks the fourth wall and he's just like, oh, that's just oh, bad writing. And I, I, I was like, oh, is he going to make a joke about this again, too, about how convenient it is? And it's like, oh, yeah, no, I just came here because um, I'm lucky and there's a reason I'm here, but I just don't know it yet. Oh, wait, I figured it out. It's this convenient thing about my backstory. It's like, why? You know? Like, I, I didn't need that connection at all. Like... Listen, it's not clever to point out bad writing either. Like, I can sh- shit out something and be like, oh, what is this bad? This is bad writing. It's not clever. It's just... I guess the one the one thing about that joke for me was I didn't think it was a commentary on, like, it being bad writing as much as it was just kind of, like, uh, a knock at, like, tropes. Yeah, I guess. Like, that's a trope in comics of just, like, oh, well, why wouldn't you just go back and do this thing? And it's like, well, here's this convoluted science fiction reason why that wouldn't work. And it's like, oh, okay. There was a lot of, uh, nifty, nifty, uh, nifty X-Men references in this movie, though. Uh, the name of that place was, like, the Essex Compound or something, yeah, which yeah. is a reference to Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Uh, They've been building it up over the course of several movies now. Yeah, I guess so. Did, yeah, wasn't he supposed to be the bad guy in New Mutants? Right. Uh, At the end of New Mutants. And like, uh, when Juggernaut showed up too, like I don't know, like his whole his whole uh, appearance, and I don't know, like I would say I, I like some of the the allusions to like uh, the X Men stuff. I guess. I, I I thought Juggernaut was really cool. Like that was something that really got a pop out of me. And like one of the things that was most fun for me about it was I figured out it was Juggernaut like a like a, this scene before they revealed him and I remember like when they showed him the first time Sean was just like oh shit and I was just like yes like <laughs> that's exactly like I I wasn't expecting Juggernaut at all I remember you said that like the like rumors had kind of been circling or whatever like I have not been paying attention to this movie because I didn't really have any hype for it right oh th- that's the other thing I, was, I just remember my other thing I'm sorry but uh, when Shatterstar shows up and he's like yeah I'm from Mojo World versus an alien planet oh yeah I was like oh shit there's like more little neat X-Men references yeah sorry. so with with the Juggernaut thing it was like once they said though there's a monster in in the you know in the compound or whatever it was like oh cool it's Juggernaut but then I haven't seen Juggernaut in movies since The Last Stand, right? And that was like not great, not a great interpretation of Juggernaut. So to see this was so awesome because it felt right. And that's the key to me for the Deadpool franchise so far has been that the characters feel right. They yeah. feel like the comics. I think if Juggernaut were, if you could have Juggernaut in an R-rated movie, this is what he would be like, like to the T. Juggernaut can't curse in the comics, but he can in the Deadpool movie. And it's like, oh yeah, Juggernaut would totally be this kind of foul-mouthed douche, douchebag, you know? Um, so so to get back to the earlier point, right? Like Cable feels like Cable. Absolutely. It's like he's he's on point. That's not the problem. The problem is that I like I bought into what his cause was, and they took me out of it. Uh, if it matters that much to you to get your daughter back to restore your future, then you don't give Deadpool the 30 seconds to talk to yeah. the kid. That didn't land for me. And then on top of that, at the end, he uses his last jump to bring Deadpool back as if his old life doesn't matter anymore. And I have no idea why he feels that way. They don't ever explain that. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. He's just like, 
like he does literally everything up until the end for his family and he's like here you go Deadpool I owe you one okay it, 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 it was I can buy him giving Deadpool 30 seconds because at the end of the day, the idea is like, I have to shoot this kid 30 seconds and 30 seconds. If it works, then I don't have to shoot a kid. But if it doesn't work, I'm still going to shoot a kid. But, yeah, I, I, I got that same refill. But the ending did make sense because, well, my family's fine. I'm just going to dig around in this time. Now. Why? Fucking yeah. why? His reasoning was, you know, that he wants to keep the world's been falling apart or whatever, and that's completely fine, except for the fact that he has no reason to care about this timeline. We don't know that his timeline in the future is horrible. We don't get that perception. We do know that it's terrible because of the exposition where he says, your generation left the world, get all the shit. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's like a hellscape. It just means that shit's you know, rough. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, why would he want to leave his daughter to that <laughs> that's true <laughs> that doesn't make any sense and also if he stays in the current timeline he'll net like it's, he's never going to see them again it's not like they're gonna it's not like he's gonna have his daughter in this timeline that's not gonna happen something that really bugged me was about like the end of the film where he take deadpool takes the time travel apparatus and like i guess they're able to repair it somehow Presumably, like this technology that doesn't exist, that I only found a piece together, and then they just undo all the stakes of the film. It's just like, yeah, why did I watch this fucking movie? It's just like, oh hey, like remember every negative thing that happened? It's undone. Okay, cool. I think it's like funny, like you made the joke, Sean, that like um, it's just kind of like rubber banding back. But at the same breath, it's like I think a lot of the things that we are. Uh, kind of like nitpicking about like they're very representative of like Deadpool as a character you know like Deadpool is like in his current incarnation like he is about referential humor you know like he definitely is like irreverent and hyper violent and all those things and like he does always rubber band and um like he's not a character that's about growth so it's like you're right but it's also just like well, who fucking cares it's Deadpool yeah, you're not wrong. you know like that's like now I am here. I'm not here to see, to fucking like feel something. I'm here to laugh. Yeah, I, I, you're not wrong though. Like, like yeah, this is not my thing. And I said that going in. Yeah, yeah. But so to that point though, the movie does try to introduce quite a bit of sentimentality uh, through yeah. the death of uh, Deadpool's girlfriend. I can't remember her name. Right uh, now. Gwen Stacy. <laughs> uh, wrong, wrong franchise. Okay. Um, I hope you like my reference. But in any event, <laughs> I'm Batman. Oh, <laughs> in any event, uh, they do try to introduce some sentimentality through her. She decides to go on her birth control so that she can try to have a child with Wade, which is an insane notion in and of itself. Um, and then, of course, through the character of, of Russell, uh, who I actually really liked. Yeah, um, he's cool. I, I really enjoyed his character. Um, first of all, it's rare that you get to see a, a character who is a kid who's not frail, right? Who can defend themselves. He's not, he doesn't actually need Deadpool. 
Um, he can get his, he can get the job done on his own. He's not afraid of anything. I really like that. Um, then he shacks up with Juggernaut, which again is like the coolest thing in the whole movie. And towards the end, not even towards the end, all throughout, it's clear that Deadpool really does care about this kid. Yeah. And I love when you get to see those hard ass characters like Wolverine uh, attach themselves to a, a person, a young person, whoever, and make it their business to sort of protect them. And I, I don't think that that didn't work here, especially because um, the kid didn't want Deadpool. So that kind of became the chase element. Um, but I, I also agree with you guys in the sense that did, did we need that? Do, do, do these movies need to do, do things like that? See, like, for me, that would have been a compelling enough narrative. Yeah. Like, I think the emotional core of Deadpool having a relationship to the kid is enough. I think having the whole, the X-Force is your family and, like, your sur- he's your surrogate child because your girlfriend who you were trying to impregnate died. Like, that was all the shit I didn't need. Like, I would have been just fine if they would have just, like, chosen to write out you know his girlfriend by just being like well he's off on this mission she's just not around like what they do with like pepper and like iron man two or three or whatever where, you know it's just like she's just not here it's like she's alive or whatever they're gonna have it's fine whatever who cares you know like that would have been fine and i feel like having him have that relationship to the kid like you said like i think that's that's a time honored uh tradition in storytelling right is like the gruff you know killer whatever you want to call it right like who connects with this kid right and like finds uh an innocent thing to protect you know and to to nurture in some way and um i think that would have been a, a totally viable emotional core for the movie because i think you're right and that like it does work well enough because the movies have done a good job of selling us on the fact that like deadpool is sensitive right you know um so yeah, I feel like it's just, uh, I said it in the spoiler freeze, I think the movie just tries too hard. You know, it tries too hard to be funny, it tries too hard to have heart, when I think when it really just, just like takes a step back and just does what it's doing, it does those things pretty well. Yeah, I think Deadpool in general tries too hard, but you know, I guess go back a bit. Trying to make a good point, I didn't really understand uh, Cable's motive when he said that he wanted to get rid of half of the universe. I thought that was like a huge inconsistency. Are you Deadpool? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I did I did really like that joke where he was like, shut up, Thanos. <laughs> I just want to add that uh, uh, Wade's fiance was Vanessa Carlisle. Thank you. Know? Yeah. Played by Morena Baccarin, I believe. Um, I really like her. Yeah, um, she's uh, she's been in a couple things actually. She's on Gotham. Yeah, she was also in the beat. Um, but in any event, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hmm. one thing that that kind of is getting to me when it comes to the the Deadpool films, and I think it was really exposed with this one, is that the movies feel like they're kind of uh, day in the life of. Yeah. Right. And that's cool because it feels like a comic book arc, like a, like a short four-issue mini uh, type thing. The problem is that the stakes feel completely non-existent. Uh, the plot is basically non-existent. These are very character-driven, which would be fantastic because we don't really get those, but the characters 
like I was saying earlier, don't get a lot to do because of the nature of the plot. They're not put in a situation that requires them to have emotional reactions. The, the person who has the most stakes is Cable, and he's soulless. He's not soulless, but he's a hard ass. He doesn't have, he doesn't express himself. He feels like the Terminator. He feels like the Terminator, yeah. he feels like the Winter Soldier. That's, that's awesome. The problem is that he becomes good. He, he, he becomes good. He teams up with Deadpool in order to stop Juggernaut and Russell, and that would be fine, except that, again, he spends the first half of the movie as a Terminator, but then when it flips and he becomes good, he still doesn't have that emotional core. Uh, no one does. I will say, though, um, I like that he had the face turn. Because I remember we had talked about that in the the lead up to the movie, like we saw the trailer, and you were like, I was kind of interested in this one. It was like the idea of them teaming up, but then seeing him like being the villain is kind of like shitty. And like I like that they kind of faked us out, you know. And then like we end up getting to see like them have some of the like Cable and Deadpool moments because like there's a reason that that book went for like fifty issues or whatever. Like they have a compelling dynamic. And like, like, I, and like again, it sucks because we really only get like brief glimpses of it. But um, like that one moment where, uh, like, they have the little kind of like they like bounce off each other or whatever, and then Deadpool's like, "Did you just feel that?" Like, you know, like only best friends kill child uh, molesters together or whatever. Like that was funny, you know? Yeah, uh, I I definitely loved seeing them together. That's not the problem. The problem is that Cable bounces between being good and bad, or yeah. I should say, he flips. Which would be okay, but he doesn't. He doesn't grow. It's not because he has a revelation. It's not because some. It's not. It's because Juggernaut is now involved. Right. That, that, but his goal is still the exact same. Yeah. And nothing ever changes for him. Even when he decides to uh, um, let the kid live or give Deadpool thirty seconds, that's how. When he uses his, you know, uh, time travel to go back in time and stop Deadpool, Deadpool from dying, we still don't feel anything about his choice. And so that's my issue. Everybody, Everything that everybody does feels like the setup to a joke or how. Nothing feels relevant. Or, or earned in any way. Like, it's just a lot of, like, this is what happens and this is how you're supposed to feel about it. So feel that way. And it's like, okay. Why? Why would Cable care to bring Deadpool back? I, I don't. I don't think that there's any good reason for that. Right. Like, especially when you consider the fact that Deadpool, like, like they could have saved him. Like, they go to take off the collar, and he's like, "No, just let me die." And then Cable decides to not put him in that position because then he doesn't. You know, like he he decides to save his life, which is great. But it's like I don't understand why he as a character would do that. You know, like, if, if his whole motivation was getting back to his timeline, be, saving his family or whatever, if Deadpool's like, no, just let me die, he'd be like, okay, like, it's sad he's dead, but I'm gonna go back to the future and, like, be with my family, like, it's been real. Especially, so just one last point, Marco, especially because the timeline he comes from, Deadpool's already dead. Yeah. So there's no re- it doesn't matter, unless he has some information about Deadpool's relevance to the future that caused him to do that. But if that were the case, he would have ripped off the inhibitor uh, collar and not let him die to begin with. It sort of unravels the character. Like like you said, it set up this whole thing at the beginning, and then at the end, it's just, like, it just falls apart. And I think that sort of is the same thing with the plot in general. 
it all just kind of builds up and then ends neatly tied up, sort of. Thing. Yeah. It's, it's just, everything fell in too easy, and it wasn't, there were no stakes. And you felt that throughout the movie, that's why everything was hyper-violent, because there were no stakes, because everybody could kick ass, everybody could destroy something, everybody was capable. And, and I feel like, um, Sean, you made the point that like if it feels like a comic because of that, and I think that's accurate. But I think, um, I meant to say this earlier, like, I think it's just also like Deadpool's a cartoon character and like these these feel they're like episodic. You know, like at the end of the day, we have to reset back to one because they need to set up the next movie and it's not about having Deadpool grow or change. Deadpool needs to just be Deadpool. So like I think all those things are true. Like there aren't stakes or whatever, but like how can you like I just feel like having stakes goes against the point almost. So it tries to have stakes. Right, and that's the problem. And like, and I agree with that, you know, um, I just feel like it's like, I don't even feel like those things are the problem. Like, I think it is the fact that they want to have their cake and eat it too. That's what I was they want to, they want to be the funny, irreverent, you know, uh, violent R-rated superhero movie, but then they also want to like have, like they want to make fun of the tropes of superhero movies, but they don't do enough to distance themselves from them. Yeah. Uh, I guess like Mark, it's weird that we're we're dissecting this very irreverent film where like nothing matters, but we're doing it because it's trying. It, it tries to say something. It tries to mean something, and that's that's the issue. Uh, Marco talks about how it has stakes, but it has no stakes, and that is clear in the credits, where literally all the stakes of the film are unraveled to reset. To Pete's point, that's the cartoonish nature of it, but. It, it tries to be two things at the same time, and I'm not. Uh, I, it's probably completely capable of being a reverent comedy, uh, but as being like a capable film that tries to have like a cohesive plot, I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. I don't know. I thought I lost it. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, two in the morning. <laughs> so the 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 problems that are exposed by you know, what you guys are talking about is just the result of having to fill whatever, two hours. You can't make a two-hour movie that has nothing happening, you know? Something has to drive the story. And I think um, I think that the first one did similar things because you've got to do it. There has to be something. And so I don't think that it's impossible to tell a story in which Deadpool cares about stuff or that things matter or that character deaths can really impact uh, the story and, and, and set things in, things in motion and cause change. Uh, but I think it was too many <clears throat> too many combinations of things that didn't ultimately seem to matter and too many characters who didn't really care about what was going on or had the capacity to express that they cared about what was going on. A, a big problem I had too, and this is something that had an issue with the Thor Ragnarok to a lesser extent, was that it, like undercuts its own dramatic moments with kind of inappropriately placed comedy. Oh. Uh, there was a scene early in the movie where uh, the girlfriend dies that led like to the opening credits. And it was like, supposed to be a dramatic moment in the film, but the opening credits had a bunch of uh, uh, written gags that made the audience laugh. And I was like, what am I supposed to be feeling right now? Well, and then, they, and then it goes from being dramatic to humor. Right. Like, they have all the pinup stuff, and it's like the Beyonce thing. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. 
And then in the climax of the film, you're supposed to feel something for Deadpool because he's dying and he sacrificed himself. But the death scene went on way too long. To Marco's point in the very beginning where you talked about gags going on too long. That was the worst offender. That was a guy that went on too long and it got to the point where I was like, just end the movie. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think that was the worst uh, offender by a, by a long shot. Um, I, I, I very much was just like... Uh, like rolling my eyes at it at that point, you know, just like okay, like calm the fuck on. Um, but yeah, I I feel like uh, the emotional thing, right? Like that is, I think, a part of the problem with some of the humor too. Is like they want us to like empathize with Deadpool and think of him as a character that like um, is is fairly sentimental, you know. Uh, but like. The fact that, like, he doesn't have a more significant reaction to the entire X-Force team dying, like, doesn't really make sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because it's like they're on the they're on the plane, like, not five minutes earlier, and he's like, I'm, I'm getting choked up, you guys, like, you're my family or whatever, like, you're the family, you know, and it's like, and even if you, like, that is supposed to seem sincere. And then they all die, and he's just like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. And it's like, okay, cool, but, like, that's it. Like you have no other reaction to this at all. And it's like, if that doesn't matter, why does it matter if this kid dies? You know, it's just like, it just feels dissonant for the sake of that gag, which I thought was funny and landed, but it's just like, you can't have it both ways. And that's what this movie wants to do. Well, I will, I will make, I have to contradict one point, Peter, that Deadpool did go out of his way to save Peter. I really like that character. Yeah, I did too. I thought that was a really funny bit. Like, like that whole thing um, really landed for me, I have yeah. to say. Paul Tompkins-looking motherfucker. Well, and just like, even just like the way they played it with, uh, I can't remember his name, but the, the taxi driver guy, who I, I thought was actually really funny too. Like, I like that he came back and, like, got some development. But uh, I thought that whole thing of just like, he's like, yeah, well, I mean, nah, it just seems like it would be fun. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, this is good. This is good. So, to me, his his lack of reaction to X-Force is classic Deadpool, right? Like we forget that we're dealing with a cycle. Yeah. He's not, he's not normal, um, and who knows if what he said to those to, to X-Force on the plane was honest. He's crazy, you know, he just says stuff. And uh, I, I thought the fact that they died so quickly, uh, you know, I wanted to see those characters. I wanted to see Shatterstar. That's... It's a complete waste. I want to say Peter. <laughs> Fuck Peter. Okay. Whoa! <laughs> how are you gonna do, dude? How are you gonna do our boy dirty like that? Listen, man. <laughs> he got no play. <laughs> uh, What's yeah. That? yeah. Real recognizes real. Peter was the hero of that film. Dude, he he's the only one who tried to. He's the only one who tried to administer aid to his teammates. That that I will say. <laughs> I prefer you're gonna say me. something. You've got to say it into the mic, man. Shining loud. So fucking nice out. Big uh, doinks. <laughs> I tried so hard not to reference that this entire fucking. There's only so much I can do, guys. It is two in the morning. Uh, uh, I, all I was gonna say was he's you know that scene where he was trying to pull what's his name out of the, like wood chipper and he's like X Force we're X Force man <laughs> that was really funny. Peter. 
Yeah, and that's all good. I just don't really like it when these movies take characters who people legitimately care about and make them into a five minute a punchline. Yeah, yeah. Especially Shatterstar. It just seems like a super huge waste. How about that Brad Pitt cameo though? <laughs> that shit was really funny. Yeah, he was originally uh, supposedly cable, but he had a uh, contractual issue where he had to do another film. But he and apparently the director or the screenwriter got along so well uh, that they were able to find time to put him in for a little cameo. And he was uh, uh, the disappearing guy who was invisible. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who didn't catch it. I, I couldn't tell who that was. Oh. They showed him for such a short period of time that I just I couldn't make out who it was. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah, I thought that was a really funny bit too. Just like, and that's the thing, man, is I really feel like the movie, like when it tried to do less, it got more. Mm-hmm. Like the bit with the uh, the rest of the X Men. Like they like like they close the door. That was so fucking funny. He's like, I love him. He's like, where is everybody? And they're just like, (laughs) so I think I think with this movie uh, and with the Deadpool franchise, what what needs to start happening is it needs to figure out. Okay, is Deadpool just going to be a two hour you know reference fest? of you know non sequiturs and just randomness um and is that something that audiences are going to be coming back for consistently i'm really interested to see how this movie does uh i think it could go either way to be honest uh i personally could don't need another deadpool movie i like the only time in the comics i've ever enjoyed deadpool was during x-force uh recommenders x-force run the only time I've ever liked Deadpool. Is that the original X-Force or is that Uncanny? No, Rick Remender's run was like a few years ago. That was the only one with... That was the one where Deadpool was in the great costume and Wolverine and Angel were on the team, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think original X-Force is Fabian this season. Yeah. I, guess I, I think I think the book that, that Sean and I are talking about is Uncanny X-Force. I, I did really yeah, that. Yeah, that, that book was, was good. That was like, what, seven, six years like ago? 2011 maybe? Yeah, it was like... I remember that was when I was like still real deep in Marvel's canon. I was super into that book. I was reading that in like Merc with a Mouth. So that's the only time that I've ever actually enjoyed the character. And a big reason why is because Deadpool's lack of caring about things and all his random humor and stuff works a lot better when there are people who really care that can play off of what he's doing. And I think it, it, more than anything, that's what this movie lacked. Um, Deadpool's funny when he's in situations where things matter and he just doesn't care. Uh, but nothing mattered. So I think an X-Force movie, which we've been, it's been rumored for the longest time, the way this movie ends, I think there's a real chance that we're going to get that, especially they reference the uh, Essex again, leading towards Mr. Sinister. Uh, in an X-Force movie, I think Deadpool's character has the potential to really, really shine, kind of like the Hulk. Uh, yeah, but as a solo act, I think I'm. I enjoyed this movie. I didn't hate it. I liked it quite a bit. But this is all I need to see of Deadpool as a solo character. See, for me, like I, I feel like I will feel the same way about because I think we're getting a Deadpool three. That's like probably inevitable. Um, I feel like I'll feel the same way about it I did about this one in terms of going into it. Of like, I don't think I'll be excited for it, but I imagine it'll be an okay time. You know, and like I won't regret have spent it, spending the time on it or having spent the time on it, but I feel like, like Phil said, it won't be a movie that'll stick with me. 
you know, in the same way that Deadpool 1 did, you know, like, were they fun? Would I recommend you to go see them if you're a fan of Deadpool? Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but are they anything more than a popcorn movie for you to go to and, you know, uh, get a couple laughs out of? Like, no, they're not. And I think that's okay. I honestly think if they commit to that and accept that that's what they are and that's what they're going for, um, that would actually be great. Because, like, I think that was part of what really worked for me about um, Homecoming. You know, it was like, I thought that, like, like a lot of people criticized it because they were like, well, it had no stakes, right? And I was like, well, no, the stakes are just low. And, like, I think that's good. Like, I think, like, having characters like um, Deadpool, who really are sold on personality, uh, putting him in, in states, in a situation that are fairly low stakes, like, works for him, you know? And I think, like, playing up more of the the action, the humor, just, like, put Deadpool on a fucking mission. It doesn't even matter what it is, you know? Like, he has to go kill somebody for reasons. Okay, cool. Hilarity ensues. Like, that's what we really want. And, like, I think if they just do that and, and get away from the whole, like, just trying to give him a deeper meaning, that would be to the to the film's benefit. Because no. it's clear that that's what they want. No. I want to see Deadpool raise a family. I want to see Deadpool... A serious dramatic role. I don't wanna, can, I, can I go to bed yet? I don't, I don't, <laughs> Not quite. I don't want to see Deadpool. I don't want to see Deadpool won an Academy Award, man. I hope, I hope the Academy's watching. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, cl- closing thoughts. Who out of the four of us would be accepted to see X Force? Oh. Huh. I feel like you would grow the best porn stash. So. It's an easy answer. The answer is Marco. Right? Yeah. I was me too. Yeah. I feel like you could be you could be Deadpool's like lovable sidekick. But I just love her. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, have yeah. that my dude. Uh but I, I well, why Marco, you would also win the prison softest mouth. Oh god. Wow. That uh, was a joke from the movie, guys. No, Referential humor. Referential yeah, humor, okay. We're all big Deadpool marks here on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so closing thoughts, um, <laughs> I, uh, I thought the movie was fine. Yeah, like, I, I liked it. It's like a solid B minus, you know, like, again, I think if you're a fan of Deadpool, you'll like this movie. Like it, it gets Deadpool. And I think, um, the only reason to be disappointed by it is if you're expecting it to be something that it wasn't going to be. My expectations were pretty low going into it. So I imagine that's why I probably came out of it with such a positive opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, like, it's worth a couple laughs. I think it's shot really well. I think the action is is fun and uh, and well choreographed. And, like, again, if that's what you're in, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for a fun, irreverent, referential romp, like, Deadpool 2 will give that to you, you know? Um, and I think especially, like, with the, the year we've had, right, like, with Avengers Infinity War and stuff like that, um, there's a good palate cleanser, you know? It's, it's, it is low stakes. It is fun. It's not heavy, it's not trying to be meaningful and you know that there's room for that every once in a while. I think this franchise has been going down a long time, downhill there. This, um <laughs> I, I going down I kinda you say I kinda like the plugs I kinda Deadpool like, humor. I kinda like the first one. I thought Ray Romano played a really good woolly mammoth. What? But this movie Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, I didn't really care for it very much. I thought it was kinda oh, I see too. 
Oh. Final thoughts on Deadpool 2, you piece of garbage. <laughs> Ice Age 2, Deadpool 2. Oh, good. It was fine. <laughs> on the outset, um, I, 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 I don't have a ton to say about this movie. I, I didn't really... Thank you, that's a valuable take. So, uh, I... Yeah. I, I, I agree with what you guys have said. It's a fine movie. Uh, it looks good. Sounds good. Uh, action's great. All that's really good. Um, I wish they gave C- Cable more. I wish they gave Domino more. Uh, those are the best characters in the movie. And what they are offered here isn't satisfying. I need a, an, uh, I need an X-Force movie. A movie where these characters can care about things because the stakes can be high, and Deadpool is just one of the characters who adds that brevity and that lightness without the rest of the film having to suffer for his lack of care. Do you want to see Deadpool like in an Avengers movie? Did you need the mic to be able to shake your head? I did. (laughs) Sean, do you want to see Deadpool like an Avengers film? No, not at all. I have no interest in that. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, I only want to see him in movies where he can be extremely violent. Uh, I think I don't want to see him in Avengers in an Avengers movie, but I do think it would be super funny to have him in a movie that's not rated R because, like, Deadpool being Deadpool, like, I think it would be funny to like have that limitation on him and have him like acknowledge it once, being like, ah, yeah, like, you know, PG thirteen, so I can't, you know. Like, normally I just chop your arm off, but I can't get away with that because of the ratings or whatever. Like, I feel like there, there, there could be an opportunity for you to get some fun out of the character, you know? Yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, and maybe when the character needs to be freshened up, we could do that. But right now, I think X-Force is the clearer path forward. Let's get tired of that, and then let's put him in a different environment. Uh, because if you want to keep this character fresh to be able to make more movies for the next decade, we've got to do different things. I did want to, I guess, just say one last thing too, which is that because um, we like we talked about the characters a lot, but not the cast so much. Um, I do really like the casting in, in these movies, and uh, I think specifically, um, I think Ryan Reynolds really does do a great job as Deadpool. Um, the, his affection for the character definitely comes across on screen, you know. Um, I think much like the overall production of it, like that's really what they get right the most. Is like Deadpool feels like Deadpool, and with how much we talk about how much things kind of have to sometimes change for adaptions, it is cool to see them get the character so right, you know? Yeah, sure. I said that earlier. I think I think uh, the R-rated movies that they've done in general, Logan and then these two Deadpool movies, have been spot on as far as the characterization. They feel true. Yeah, I just wanted more of that because it was it was so good. Yeah. So uh, that's going to do it for us here on our Deadpool 2 review. Hopefully you guys liked it. Let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, as you get to see it, uh, give us your takes. What do you want to see them do next with Deadpool? Do you want a Deadpool 3 next? Do you want X-Force? Do you want to see Deadpool in the next X-Men movie? Uh, sound off. Let us know. There's plenty of ways you can get at us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. Whatever podcast hosting service you like. We're probably there, and if we're not, let us know so we can be there. Uh, you can get us on socials, at the Comics Pals, everywhere. Uh, we are at the Comics Pals at gmail.com if you want to write to us uh, with commentary on this episode. 
or anything else we do here at the Pals Network. Uh, we are available to talk to you. I can't see what Phil's doing, but I'm sure it's stupid. So stop it, Phil. Uh, and last but not least, we're on YouTube where you can like this video, uh, drop us a comment, share it with your friends, and be sure to subscribe. It's free to do, and it helps us a lot more than it costs you, so please do that. And last but not least, we are the Comics Pals. We do a weekly podcast about comics, and uh, sometimes it's good, so you might want to check that out. It's mostly good. Mostly. Uh, you know, mostly. Could be good. It could be. Yeah. And, um, like we said at the top, we are currently in Philadelphia for Words of World Philadelphia, so make sure you tune, tune into our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thecomicspals, uh, for all of our Words of World Philly coverage. We'll be getting some interviews, uh, doing some vlogs, all kinds of stuff, so make sure you go check that out. Check out our Instagram. This is the part where Pete becomes the host of the show, man. So, with that, we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next time.